how you think you're pretty smart. Erica, did you let out that fart? Erica, you're a work of art. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this movie. Change the song enough so that you don't get in trouble. The soundtrack for this movie is not available. Music. Pictures podcast, a podcast that is going to journey through every single movie released by New World Pictures. And we're going to talk to even the people that made these amazing movies. I'm Ryan. With me as always is Mark. My dog has an unusually low testosterone level. (laughs) (laughs) And Erica. Hello. Hi. I'm here. Hi, guys. Oh, boy. Um, What a wild year this has been. And I say that in in reference to the wild year we've had, but also in reference to this film that uh, I wasn't sure we we were going to get to. But lo and behold, we're going to be talking in this episode about 1987's Pretty Smart. These are the daughters every father waits his life for. These are the innocents every mother holds her dreams for. And these are the gentle flowers ready to bloom and touch the world. Schoolgirls from hell! Pretty smart. This is Ziggs. That's Zero. They couldn't take it at home, so they're taking it abroad. To sun-drenched, tradition-rich Ogilvy Academy. Home to a friendly faculty. I never want to see that outfit again. And friendlier students. New boss, please. Because at Ogilvy, you're either high class or lower life. I'm sorry. Where old world meets new wave. How stupid do you think we are? Well, pretty smart. You don't think it. You live it. really want to be like that? Yeah! Pretty smart. Pretty smart. Introducing Trisha Lee Fisher and Patricia Arquette. Yes, we're talking about 1987's Pretty Smart, sponsored by Magnavox Nuvicon Color Video Camera. The best camera to document your school year or secretly film your students' sexual exploits. <laughs> Capture it all on Magnavox. <laughs> Don't miss Indeed. a moment. <laughs> Don't miss a moment. Is it real or is it Magnavox? Wait, was that it? No. Never uh, this is Mark's correct. old. Yes, he's pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is d- directed by Dimitri Logothetis in his d- directorial debut. Huh. Uh, Logothetis, he immigrated to the U.S. Uh, from Greece with his family at the what? age of six. 
And from there, he goes to Loyola to get his master's in film and TV. And his first gig was producing Hard Bodies 2, mm. which was also shot in Greece. And then he got his job directing this. And from here, he goes on to direct Slaughterhouse Rock, which we talked yes. about in a previous bonus episode. And then he dabbled in like a variety of genres, uh, producing a lot. He also directed TV, where he directed episodes of the Air America TV show and Mike Hammer, Private Eye. But now he's mainly an action director. He's he having directed 2018's Kickboxer Retaliation, Ooh. which is part of the uh, sort of revamped Kickboxer series. Okay. Um, and 2020's Jiu Jitsu, which uh, starred Nicolas Cage. Oh. So that's what he's doing here. Hmm. Now, he mentioned he got the job. I, I saw an interview from him on Showbiz Cheat Sheet, and he said he got the job uh, that after being fresh out of film school. And he said that I was pitching all these projects that were a real serious kind of projects. So somebody said to me, you're Greek and I've got this script. It was New World Pictures. And New World Pictures had just been purchased from Roger Corman. So they hired me to direct the film and specifically because of the fact that I was Greek and I would probably know the terrain. Well, does that mean that uh, I'm overqualified for steaming because I know the terrain? <laughs> Audio <laughs> wink. <laughs> <laughs> talking about wieners. Yeah, no, I got talking it. About, I, we, no, talking about schlongs. Yeah, we got okay. that. We, got nope, that was not this lost. Was, um, this was written by Dan Hoskins, who wrote this and then wrote and directed 1989's Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town and then called it a career. Well, I mean, once <laughs> you do that. this. You just, you just sort of said, I'm good. I, I've said all I needed to say. This does, as we say, as we mentioned, star Trisha Lee Fisher. She's the half sister of the late Carrie Fisher, uh, and she got her start, as I mentioned, 1985 stick with uh, uh, with Burt Reynolds, and she would go on to appear in Chud too, Bud the Chud, as well as mm -hmm. various TV shows. And she played Heidi Fleiss in a 1996 CBS television movie, The Making of a Hollywood Madam. Yes, yeah, that's where I know her from. <laughs> that's where you know her from. <laughs> God, I remember that. Uh, she also sings the theme song. Uh, oh, really? That is her singing the theme that. song. Huh. Wow. And she uh, she had a bit of a recording career. She released an album uh, titled self-titled on her own name in 1990. So, wow. yeah, huh. she's, she's a real, no idea, real talent, real talent, who is introduced in this movie is Patricia Arquette, uh, who makes her debut in this despite Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream War Warriors being released a month before. But I guess because this shot first, Got it. they get the introducing credit, which she gets mm. in this movie. Well, they couldn't go back and change that. That would have been expensive. I guess not. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, of course, her career, we all know she's done tons and tons of movies, uh, the Medium TV show. She won the Oscar for Boyhood in 2014. But let's not forget some choice cuts like 1990s Prayer for the Roller Boys, <laughs> you know, or 1993's Trouble Bound. Let's forget. Let's not forget some of some of her early days. Trouble Bound sounds like it should be the 11th Hellraiser. <laughs> This Hellraiser one. 11, <laughs> trouble bound. <laughs> this oh, is man. the one where Pinhead comes back and just reprimands people. Mm -hmm. puts them, <laughs> just says like, you have really 
You need to learn your lesson. I'm taking <laughs> right. away your cell phone for a week. The other Cenobites show up to people's houses just like, look, I know I'm frightening. You just need to hide me. <laughs> Pinhead is coming and he's really pissed off and I just need a place to hide. So lay low. Like, I'll be, honestly, you'll barely know I'm here. And the one guy you know? just like. <laughs> yeah. The chatterer. Yeah. <laughs> what about that guy? Well, he cannot stop that noise with his mouth. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's but, part uh, of the reason why Pinhead is so pissed. He's had enough. So he is can, sick of our shit. Do and you have duct tape? Quite frankly, we are trouble bound. Wink. <laughs> they go close in on the face. They hit the theme song. Trouble bound. Yeah, yeah. Hellraiser yeah, 11. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gonna raise some hell. <laughs> okay. Uh, by the way, Logothetis has said that he fought for Arquette to be cast in this movie. She was not a name at the time. Obviously, this is one of like her first movies. Like a fist movies. fight? Yeah, he fought for <laughs> Like He like punched some dudes. He was like, you will cast her. Uh, he fought to, to have her because she was not a name. And apparently that meant they didn't want to cast her. Even though, obviously, her sister Rosanna had already started her career. Right, but right. I guess that wasn't enough for whoever was making those decisions. This was this during also- the time that New World Pictures only went for big name stars. Like, like EBJ. That's who we're going for. EBJ, it's the EBJ, EBJ market. Even oh, actually, to be more, to more be more accurate, it would be uh, we need to go after Joseph Bologna. That's right. that's the guy we really need. <laughs> um, this also stars Jolie Fisher, Trisha's real life sister, uh, who does not play her sister in this. Which I was like, why doesn't she yeah. play her sister? Until I saw the fact that Trisha's sister gets very naked in this movie and i was like oh that's probably why but instead <laughs> she plays very naked very naked well there's like a shot like I'm there's sorry. a shot just directly on her boobs that just watches her take her shirt off They're but just real like, quick yeah. on a scale of very to butt ass what would you say i would not call her butt ass naked because we don't see her butt or right. her we don't see frontal from her You're right. we do see right. frontal nudity in this movie okay. but not from her okay. correct so um, so it's like just Whatever the middle. So not butt ass, because we don't see your butt. We just see the top. We see, yeah. Uh, Jolie Fisher plays Avril, the quiet one. Yeah. Uh, She is known more for her work on TV, notably the sitcoms Ellen and Till Death. Where you can watch this, you can rent this on many platforms. There is a version that's also on YouTube. We watched it on the Scorpion Blu-ray, available Mm -hmm. from KinoLorber.com. That's where we saw it with a new 2020 scan that um, you will still get to see the in-between of the reels, which I personally was charmed by. But I know a lot of people might be like, this this isn't good. But I mean, no, no, it's a 2K scan of a bad print. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you get you get the materials you get. But I kind of like that you see the real changes. Having having gone to a lot of movies uh, back in the day where you could. Really? And it's not bad, because normally you'd see it, like, jump right into the middle of the scene. Right. You're like, and you're oh, like oops. Oh, oh, we've lost a little something there. <laughs> so it wasn't that bad. But, um, all right. So that's where we watched it. We we should talk about what this movie's about. But before we do, Erica, this was your choice. Yeah. So we got to ask, why Pretty Smart? Oh, well, it, it felt different tonally from what we... Which from, it definitely is. It, it is. You are correct. From our mm-hmm. last few films. Nailed it on that one. Yeah. Also, I remember when it um, came into our home. When it came in, when the when the Kino Kino Lorber Blu-ray is it? When the Blu-ray when gods the, just the Blu-ray gods delivered, delivered it to it. us via thought, stork. Yeah. 
<laughs> Dropped thought, it in ooh. the backyard. Mm-hmm. A little bundle. This is for you. Yeah. We were like, I thought, Thank you. It just kind of, I remembered that I wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. Erica doesn't understand that I buy these things. She's like, how does this get I'm here? I'm in denial. I'm, I'm like, like, who would oh, buy all this shit? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm in denial that I don't believe anybody would actually purchase all this stuff. So it's just my coping mechanism. It's fair. Yeah. But I remember seeing it and seeing like Patricia Arquette. And I was like, yeah, at some point when it's my pick. And then it was my pick and I, I grabbed it, jumped on it. You did. You jumped on it. It is time for us to talk about what this movie is about. Mark, let's start with you. What's this movie about? This movie is about a lot of things. So I had a hard time trying to succinctly boil down all the possible sure. things this movie is about. This is a thick stew of I of stuff. It, there's, mm-hmm. there's, and I, I know we're going to get into this it, is, but there, there it is. It is, is extra a chunky, chunky soup style, of a movie. Which, and every bite you go, that's in this soup? Huh. I didn't expect that. Not to say that it's bad. It's right. just I didn't right. expect that like, to be in the soup. Potato, okra, banana. Banana? Okay. Well, I would have never I mean, put banana in here. But sure. But I think ultimately uh, it's one man's quest to get someone to listen to Public Image Limited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh oh man it's tough it's tough it's Art. the the guy from the sex pistols right yeah but it's a different band <laughs> like i'm all right different um, it's but more it's experimental okay. Okay. yeah no, just take oh, the tape more experimental? just take just take the tape I don't know. just listen to it i don't know i don't, I don't have know. a tape player just i'll get you one please erica <laughs> um what is this movie about I mean, it's obviously about, you know, sisters and growing up and, you know, friendships, female friendships. But I really think the biggest takeaway is that when you are in the teaching profession, clearly we need to we need to pay our teachers and, you know, our school staff more because if not, their side hustles could be really creepy. Yeah, for sure. And really dangerous. And probably illegal. Mm-hmm. So let's just you know let's let's value let's value educators more mm-hmm. and pay them more so that they don't have to have side hustles that involve planting drugs on students. I mean, yeah. I mean, wh- one Something would argue there are other side hustles you could get yourself into, <laughs> but I'm, I mean, not in like... Greece, you know, not in Greece. <laughs> we don't live in Greece, Mark. We don't we know. Don't live in Greece. Yeah. I mean, you don't know the I... terrain. Yeah. Would you... <laughs> I got it. I got it. Ryan, what is this about? Well, you know, I I kind of agree. Um, to me, this felt like, I mean, this is a teen movie. It felt like a John Hughes teen comedy that proves that despite our differences, our unique personalities and quirks, in the end, we're all the same. We're just naked fodder for our school administrators to profit off of. That's all. We're all the same. We're all alike in that. And that's what I really <laughs> took away from this movie. I, I must have seen a different version of The Breakfast Club because I don't remember that being part of that movie. I don't remember nudity. Did you ever see The Breakfast Club, Ryan? I mean, I, I remember it fairly well. <laughs> Here's the letterbox synopsis. We are on Letterbox. Follow us there if you can. In this adolescent-oriented drama... What? <laughs> Number one, it's not a drama. It no. is not a drama. It has a, but, a few but it dramatic is. moments. No, but it is. 
But it's definitely more of a comedy. It's definitely trying to but be more of a comedy. it's also a drama. Well, then, we are ha- we're 50-50 on this so far. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. A young woman is forced to attend a posh finishing school in the Mediterranean. Okay, sure. She vents her anger by rebelling against the cruel and sicko headmaster. Okay. Okay. Which, when she discovers that he has been secretly photographing them naked and profiting from the pictures, she rallies the other girls and gets revenge. It's pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, that pretty, you know, that, that pretty that's much coloring it. in the margins for the most part. Mm-hmm. So now, if you take that as let's say you read this and you haven't watched this movie, and and we, we can all we're all agreeing that that's pretty much the synopsis. You buy the Kino Lorber disc, you pop it in your Blu-ray player, and the cold open goes something like this: Calm down, calm down. Do you want to hear this story or not? Well, then, hush. Shirley, surely we're not eating yet. Uh, put down the cake knife, Shirley. The story begins far, far away in the place where all good fairy tales start in Los Angeles. There were two sisters, Jenny, the perfect one, who woke up perfect every morning, and Daphne, the less than perfect one, who had to wake up to a perfect sister every morning. I was so confused. I... Also, the shot is just of a cake mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. see who's speaking or who's around they explain they eventually explain this weird voiceover which is certainly weird it's the explanation is even weirder but but you're also then asking yourself am i watching a fairy tale story because right. that's what is setting up yeah. for you like we're gonna go right. through this fairy tale story which it is not it a is a fairy not. tale story no no it, but let's talk about that, that credit sequence we've talked a lot about opening credit sequences in new world movies which are typically white titles over black. And we get a banger of a title sequence to this. Yeah. This is a great true. title sequence. Absolutely. Yeah. And you this, get that song. You get, you, get the, you get the theme song. You get uh, a bunch of great titles, which is, by the way, created by Ernest DeFarino, the eventual director of Steel and Lace. Another Ready one. Our nearly new world uh, episode. What is weird in it is that, again, you talk about the voiceover. But in this opening credit sequence, we see a series of pictures that depicts Trisha Lee Fisher getting arrested after she started stripping clothes off of in order to stop a robbery. What was, is that what was happening? I I have no idea. This does handle its, its information, its expositional material clunkily. And clearly by... by as, as, as clunky as the word clunkily. Cl- yeah. Clunkily. Clunkily. Um, but you do then meet our two main-ish characters. Trisha Lee Fisher, certainly our main character, as Zig and her sister Jennifer, who is played by Lisa Lorient, who's one and done. This is it. This is her only hmm. film. And just as quickly, moves, we move the story to Greece. And then once we're in Greece, the sisters take separate cabs to get to their new school. Right. Because one, <laughs> yeah. because we're supposed to, all like, they don't like each other right, right. off the bat. Right. Because they dress differently. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to mm-hmm. know. Yeah. When, when right. siblings dress differently, they fucking hate each other. Right. That's pr- it's been proven <laughs> time and time again, Ryan. So right off the bat, you have this voiceover. So we've set up a fairy tale. We have two sisters that, that hate each other because they dress differently. They go to the school where 
you know, they quickly establish that there are these different cliques, the subs and the, and the preens, uh, sort of the rich girls and like the, the, the bad girls, uh, there, you know, that they're the headmaster of the school is up to no good. And then there's sort of slapstick comedy weaved in between, like Mm -hmm. at, at one point, the movie almost comes off like a hard bodies version of girls just want to have fun. Mm. Yes. Right. And huh. <laughs> definitely. And I'm like, am I, what is this a musical? Was this a musical from the beginning? And I wasn't prepared mm. for that. I don't know. Once we get, and we, we meet the school's headmaster Crawley, uh, who by the way is played by Dennis Cole. He was mostly a TV actor, but he also appeared in 1985's wheels of fire, which was made for new world but ends up getting released by Roger Corman's Concord instead. Oh, I see that as a bonus episode waiting to happen. So that's waiting to happen. Yeah. But we see him first glimpse outside the school, welcoming the new students, touching the face of Samantha, the head of the Preems, and who's played by Julie K. Smith, who would who would go on to be a penthouse pet in 1993. Huh. No. Uh, Weird. Yeah, Weird. so crazy. Yeah. Wow. Her? Strange. Um, and I didn't tracks, see that coming. She has a nice rack. She yeah she she bears it all in this in this mm-hmm. film, right, time and time again, and she would appear in New World's Angel three. God, Angel three, we Angel really need to three, watch it uh, before moving on to working with directors Gosh. Andy Sidaris and Jim Wynorski, including 1997 Sorceress two: The Temptress, which is the sequel to the 1995 Sorceress, not New World's. Yet Sorceress two: The Temptress is distributed by Corman's Concord New Horizons. So I, I don't can't know. wait. Another nearly <laughs> wow. new world. Another uh, nearly new uh, world right there. So wild. Anyway, wow. it's very clunky what's happening with all them. Clunkily. But once we get like, once we get, I think it's, it's, we still meet more characters, which we'll get to in a second. But once we get the headmaster and once the headmaster basically sits down at his desk and sure, he's like watching the students of their rooms and that's weird. But then he answers the phone. Yes. Guys, sir, how many kilos? How many kilos? I was like, oh wait, I'm I'm in this. Okay, this is already a whole bunch of weird. We got characters flying at us. We're at Greece. We're at, I don't know what's happening. This guy's a creep. He's touching a student's face. Then he's watching them on a videotape. And now drugs are involved. Oh. Yeah, no, bring it on. Also, in each one of those calls, because he has a number of those calls during the movie. Oh, so many. Each behind time, the desk there's, there's such a, he's playing it so serious, but he keeps oh, dropping. He thinks he's in a drama. For <laughs> sure thinks he's in a drama. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, other people are playing like, I'm in a comedy. Dennis Cole is playing, we are definitely in a drama. But we get so many characters thrown at us. We don't need to worry about all of them because what we really need to worry about, we have Samantha, we got our sisters, but we need our, our buddies. And mm-hmm. we meet, of course, Trisha Arquette as Zero. But we also get, we get Kimberly B. Delphin as Yuko and Paris Vaughn as Torch. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Vaughn was a dancer and girls just want to have fun. So we'll have to go back there and rewatch go. to see where she is in that. Uh, and she would have, and she would eventually appear in 1992's uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, oh, nice. not the TV show. Uh, Kim Delphin was also in New World's Body Rock, but this is her last feature film role. And I was really feeling Yuko's hair, which is like that really <laughs> yeah. long yeah. hair, but with like the yeah. hairspray bangs to like like yeah. look like these like claws on the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I that was such a popular hairstyle. Oh my god, I was like, yeah, I yeah, I, I'm into these ladies. This is great. There's a lot, in fact, a lot of great '80s hairstyles. Oh yeah, in this the hair film. is great. And the fashion, hair. the fashion too. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. for it, yeah. for only bringing one suitcase, they packed a lot. <laughs> yeah. And some of those clothes get burned, and yet I, I, there's and so yet, much clothing. You know, so much. It's amazing. Oh, I, they, I mean, they have so they must have so many suitcases. And what's <laughs> also funny is that once they figure out that they actually have the sisters have each other's suitcases, is like mid film. Like how long? <laughs> Have you been at this school wearing your sister's underwear or something? <laughs> You're like, these feel, these don't fit right. These are odd or whatever. Like, I've... I mean, did you guys wear each other's clothes a lot? No. Oh, wait a minute. Real quick. Yes. To totally go throw us off this track. Let's show it. Let's, yeah, let's, let's throw this track. I mean, into the river. which sister are you guys? If one of you oh, wow. is, mm. you know. I mean, I, 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 hmm. One of you is Daphne, and one of you is. I'm definitely. I feel like I'm Ziggs for sure. I'm not Daphne. Or uh, Daphne is Ziggs. It's mm-hmm. the same one. Yes. Her sister is Jen. I guess I, that makes. That, I guess that just makes me Jen. You know, I just wanted to be part of the cool kids club, but I still had a heart of gold. <laughs> you just you you got a heart of gold. You just want to be a part of the cool club, and you love having sex in dungeons. That's your thing. <laughs> That's your thing. Everybody who's listening to this that knew me back in high school is nodding their head. Yes. Going, yep. That's Mark. Mark. That's Mark for you. Whereas Ryan always ran around dressed like he was Madonna and (laughs) (laughs) was always trying to get a band to play at school Uh, all the time. Listen to his techno pop. And, uh,. So and that's what's so interesting about this movie too, because when we get to that, you know, into the kilos part, I'm I've been thinking like, what is this movie so far? Like, it seems like we're gonna have this one girl, and she's an outsider, and she's going to this new school, and she doesn't even have her sister on her side, and it's gonna be like her against these mean girls. Is it gonna be that story? And then like, she's now against the headmaster, and she's gonna get expelled. So now she's not just against these mean girls. It's like the school and the mean girls and she's a, you know, and then it gets weirder and reveals itself <laughs> even weirder. Once we start getting to the Diddy count, uh, which we get into and it's heavy. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot high. of one set of titties. A lot. I mean, but there is a high titty count, but there, but the one woman is in it. Like she's, she almost every scene. She's like, yeah, Here they are again. Even when she's wearing clothes, she wears like a see-through top that's right. like you can see my boobs. So. I'm not mad about it. If those are my if those are my boobies, I would just have them out all the time. <laughs> I'd just have them out on display. Be like, hey guys, <laughs> guys, girls, neighbors, and I would be like, hi everyone. I, this is my wife. I just get used to this. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I've, we've had chats about doing this in public. Um, no, you're definitely not Ziggs, then. This goody this two shoes over here. You can't even handle a constant titty. Jeez, loosen up. <laughs> Um, On top of all of that, too, they establish or they try to establish kind of the rules of engagement for the school, which mm-hmm. for having women under constant video surveillance yeah. when they're not expecting it, the rules are fairly loosey-goosey. Like, there's not a whole lot of oversight, but they do try to establish, too, 
the that there are these different classes you know there's like a, um oh my a, god the teachers education so many teachers at you it's right like, and yeah. the, it's, it's like there's the only Eng- one you care about which one the english teacher you mean this one this is english class i read yeah, how lovely you look today no. No. This guy was the Michael Richards of the school. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had a complete flashback to Transylvania 65000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought, is it me? Did I miss something? How am I not getting this? I don't know. Maybe that kills in Greece. Maybe that's just hilarious. Maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... I'll save it for things I love, things I hate it. But there are so many just dumb bits that they throw in here that I think work. And that land. So it just made that one stick out even more like a sore thumb. Like, ooh, that's... uh, It's again, I tie it into like a little bit of that clunky just beginning. Like we just... Another clunkily clunkily part that I thought worked well though. Hashtag clunkily. How (laughs) at random times during the movie, whether they are in class, whether they're in the yard, whether they're eating in the cafeteria... All of a sudden, a tour of the building will oh, come in. Yeah, yeah. This, of course, is the infamous Great Hall. In 1542, in order to free himself from huge child support payments, the Count had his 12 children locked in this very room with over 200 rabbit bats. Ironically, after the children's demise, it became apparent that they were the cause of the marital problems, and the Count and the Countess were soon reconciled. Oh. And... At first, it's a little like, wait, what is happening? But I eventually started looking forward to the next time. Oh, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought that's that a bit. funny that bit. One of yeah. my favorite bits. Oh, yeah. yeah. I loved every time that popped up. It couldn't have happened enough. <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah. almost always nailed it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I almost every single time I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's. That's yeah, great. it was like what happened in that particular room. Yeah, they would just come bit. in and it was either like just long enough or like just short enough. And like that was like where they really, I felt like they really utilized that really well. Yeah. That tour guide is played by Tammy Heiler, by the way. She's done a few things. It looks like she's into more producing now. now. But she was also in Slaughterhouse Rock. Hmm. <laughs> so I got to um, rewatch Slaughterhouse Rock. Yeah, we also have to get into uh, Ziggs' pranks. And because she's got to start pranking because she wants to get herself kicked out of school. And that's what we think this movie's about for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the first prank is the alumni speech prank where she dresses up like as a pregnant lady. This is disgusting. Mm. Yeah. She's, she like spits chewing tobacco on the other girls. <laughs> and she then like bites her toenails and spits them out. <laughs> Yeah, and meanwhile, the, you know, we got Crawley talking and everything. But the, I think what this, I think the next prank works way better. This one to me didn't work. Again, hashtag clunkily. This one, it, we don't get like a, we don't get, we, this is a clunkily explanation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't get Crawley ever stopping at all. Like he is undeterred by anything she's doing, he is motoring through his speech. It was like, it did she pull off a prank? Is she in trouble? It didn't feel that one. Felt well, she like, does get in trouble yeah. at the end. Right. Any other person would have stopped her right in her tracks and be like, 
you out now. Yeah. Right. The same thing happens in the next prank, but I really like this one, and that's Tennis Day. There's so much happening in Tennis oh, Day. Tennis Day. <laughs> it's so great. And I mean, oh. at this point, again, we've we've already had like how many kilos? I'm already like, yes, please. I'm well, in. they're already like, you need to have sex with these guys. <laughs> right. Well, they yeah. come from yeah. wealthy families, right. and they are yeah. the benefactors of the school. And here's is information really, on them, so you know how to better pleasure them. I'm like, yuck. I, this is yeah. so gross. But there is like some hilarious stuff that's happening too. For one, I loved. Uh, uh, they're watching tennis, and the crowd's going back and forth. I think the sister is asking the dude she's into to have sex. How do you like Burnside? It's okay. Play a lot of tennis? Some. You want to make mad, passionate love like crazed animals until drained would collapse into two piles of sweaty, heaving flesh? Sure. Yeah. Watching that. I love that a little bit. That was great. So dry, just like so. Yeah. So like, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was great. Uh, the guy playing tennis against Samantha when he like he he gets hit in the nuts and then he like weirdly runs to the net and tries to jump over it and right. falls. I'm like, what is that? The, there's a, a cake that comes out and opens up the balloons and then yeah. there's heavy metal zigs or or heavy metal ish Madonna like zigs, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and then that elicits one of my favorite things in movies, which is a group of people dancing to music they clearly aren't listening to, yes. but right. you are hearing the music that they aren't. Yes. And right. then they're all trying to dance to whatever it might be. And I love it when it doesn't sing up, sync up. And it doesn't. And I loved it. And um, But then we get into the terrible stuff, which is the headmaster bringing these guys and they're going to hook up so he can record it. And he's using these girls to have sex with adults. Yeah. Of course it could be arranged. Yeah. Jessica. What? I'd like you to meet Mr. Moore. Hello. Oh, you remind me of my father. He even makes a joke where he's like, I'm not a pimp. I'm like, you are a pimp. You are absolutely a pimp. Yes. He's like, I'm absolutely. an entrepreneur. I'm not a pimp. I'm like, yes, you are. That's exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You are also mixing in other things such as drugs as well and like you have your 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 feet in a lot of uh in a lot of and a lot of pies if you will your feet in a lot of pies wait wow. is, that, is that an wow. analogy i'm trying to start it a i'm trying to start pies. it as a saying i'm trying to start it as a saying guys please help me Please join me in trying to get so this started. If I have too many hobbies, Teresa would say, Mark, you've got your feet in a lot of pies. My <laughs> God, it just sounds so great when you say it. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, I really, I just hope this takes off. I just hope it takes off. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I mean, it sounds good. W- but what does your foot add to the pie that you would put it in there it seems like it would ruin the pie like you're doing too many things and you're ruining them all that's how i'm interpreting it well you know potato. but i'm a glass half empty kind of yeah that's right i was about to say yeah Um, um so when we have all this stuff that's really bad with the with the girls and and the headmaster i'm like okay this is getting into a real yuck territory but then Thankfully, we get back to him with a briefcase full of cocaine on his desk. Oh my mm-hmm. God. And I was yeah. like, okay, back in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he sends the preens to France uh, and punishes the subs because of this prank. Uh, Zeke's, Zeke's prank. Yeah. Uh, really, he's sending the preens to France so that he can deliver the drugs in the back of the car. 
Right. Uh, and do they drive to Paris? <laughs> yeah, it's it was a they long get, drive. They get back that night. It well, is they also a didn't, they long, didn't specify that is an impossible to drive to back to, from from Greece to Paris. That is impossible. I think they drove well, to the just, airport. Well, well, they only spend like, one night because remember he says like for one night they go they come back that night they leave in the morning well, they and they stay. come back That's that right. night they because didn't he didn't say Paris France it could have been like Paris Texas there might be a Paris in Greece they drove that, to Paris Texas <laughs> <laughs> no I mean there's a town in Greece called Paris and he just sent it was like three miles away and he just sent Guys. them over there. Paris is only 28 hours from Greece by car. They could have easily gone yeah, for the day and come true. back. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, okay, sure. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, don't, I don't know, because then Miss Gentry takes the girls out to the beach and to... Right. Well, you think that she's that Miss Gentry is going to at any time turn into the Mark Harmon from Summer School character? That's right. Like, <laughs> right. That's like I've tapped into. Like I know what you girls really want, and I'm going to show you how I use an unorthodox way of educating, and I'm going to teach you guys all these great things. So she takes them. They're all like miserable in the classroom. She's like, "That's it. We're getting out of here." And you think like she's going right. to bring the classroom out into the world. She just takes them out to uh, lay out nude on the beach. And get drunk. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. And then she yeah. and then they buy souvenirs and come back. That's the day <laughs> trip. Yeah. Yeah. But that's... it led us to a montage of mm-hmm. beach, boobs, and booze. I say yeah. yes, please. <laughs> the three B's. Three B's. Triple B. <laughs> Out of bounds. Ryan was really feeling that triple B. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, they have their feet in the use they when, have, we, when we do diners, drive-ins, and dives references. <laughs> they have that, their feet in use so, They have their feet in so many pies on that day trip. Oh my god! Oh my god! So many pies! So many pies! <laughs> what a so day! So many pies! What a day! What a day! They just Arguably, put their feet in so They many had pies. way much more fun because when some they of the come pies back, were warm, some oh. of them were cool. Ew. Some, some of them were just on the beach. Played a little bit with the meringue with their toes. <laughs> some of them, some of them uh, were next to an accordion. <laughs> too, too far, meringue in the toe. <laughs> too far. That's where I draw the line. That's heinous. That is, that is a crime. <laughs> Look, guys, you got to do what you. I'm just. Oh. This is a brand new phrase. I'm trying to get going. For some I really reason, need to I'm help. This fully is a okay test market. This with is a test an market. entire foot in a blueberry pie, but <laughs> disgusted <laughs> by a toe dipping in meringue. <laughs> okay, I know. I I'm starting to learn where the boundaries are. <laughs> and maybe everyone has their own. <laughs> they have their own barometer. How far you can go with this? <laughs> That's fine. I'm learning. Uh, but you're right, Miss Gentry. She's kind of the only cool teacher, and she gets fired for it. Though what she's doing is also fair, very I, fireable. I think she was and, being fired for being topless in front of students. Yeah, that part I was also I like. I mean, one could argue, and I'm not arguing it, but just for the sake of arguing for this, <laughs> that the students got drunk. She wasn't aware that. Uh, but mm. then she fully goes up to this, this roof she and was, she's like, hey, girls, boom, titties out. Like, who needs a band aid for the nips? Like, I was like, what? <laughs> 
Whoa, holy shit. She was like, here are your essays, and now that my work's done. Yeah. Yeah, she handed out essays and then completely got topless. And then when she she was fired, she was like, oh, can you believe this? Well, really, that's more Ziggs who's mad. What happened? I'm history. He fired you? Yep. You're the only thing that keeps this place from being a total joke. Shit. I'm going to get him and his fucking preens. No. Don't use me as an excuse for your little games. But I don't know. I just think the second that top came off, just any references were just ruined for her. You know, when they call back, (laughs) another employer calls the school and they're like, would you refer to this academy? And they're like, well, I don't know. What's your uh, nudity around students? You know why she was let go? Like, well, she got drunk with the students at a a local tavern. On a field trip. Yeah, a field trip. trip that she did without the school's permission, and then Correct. she got naked with all of them and did a little sunbathing. And, yeah. Uh, so, but you know, um, always punctual, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, certainly unique lesson planning. Yeah. And um, but uh, I also got the impression that that wasn't the first time that she'd taken her top off in front of them because they no. are all nonplus no. when yeah. she does that. Like no yeah. one goes like, "Whoa, whoa, Miss mm-hmm. Gentry, what is?" Oh. Whoa. And I think that, that 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 montage sequence was supposed to like because the girls don't always get so much naked as like they're at the beach and there's a bunch of naked people there, which is right. like as if to say, again, we don't know the terrain, but but the director does. And so he's trying to tell us like mm-hmm. it's Greece, man. We yeah. all get naked. Yeah. We all I think it's that, not, for me, that was... don't be so hung up in your Western ways. Right. You right. know, right. I for me, broods. I was just I was just more upset that I don't work in a situation where I can be topless around my coworkers. <laughs> you really just want to like show your boobs to everybody. That's what I'm learning about this episode. But, you know, it's, it's but you really want to put your boobs in a whole lot of pies. <laughs> now that's a different, that is different. A boob and a pie sounds downright delightful, but a foot, a dirty athlete's foot riddled foot <laughs> maybe Ugh. okay maybe i should just say man you really got your boobs and a whole lot of pies i think that's, that's more that's, that's a little more clunkily than feet and pies hashtag clunkily look we're working <laughs> through I, it all we're working through I it all much like erica, pretty smart i would say erica this movie shows that you can't just show your boobs off to all your co-workers you will get fired i mean that's <laughs> yeah. what the movie establishes oh yeah, oh, yeah. Like, that's sure. not that's an true. option and yeah. especially in front of your presumably pre-18-year-old students. Oh, that's fair. What this movie does show, though, is that when you do want to unite everybody and you feel like, I've got a teacher fired and everyone hates me because everyone liked this teacher, everybody, uh, and maybe my friends don't like me, that once they throw you a surprise party, you can get everyone together by doing a dance. Of course. Also, um, just for the record, the dance that they do to that song oh is equivalent gosh. of like it's like any a hoedown, isn't it? Over forties woman at a wedding reception. Just totally. kind of, there's like a lot of shoulders yeah. and no, sna- it's, finger it, snaps and like toe touches. Yeah, <laughs> it's the high school pop equivalent of the electric slide. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, I mean it is. He's got a titty and pie. And so everybody not gets a into pie, it. A titty pie. And everybody not only gets into it because the sisters lead it. Mm-hmm. because they're like 
even the preens are like, back together. finally, we'll and get then into everyone it. gets into it, and everyone learns it immediately. Um, and then, of course, eventually they find the tapes. Well, Crawley breaks it up, and they're really pissed off, and then they find the tapes. And because they're trying to sneak in to do a prank, and they find those tapes and they that he's said, been recording. We, we got to hit him where it hurts, and that's his drug business. And right. they they finally do that. And then we do figure out what the narration is. But let me, the narrator finally appears. But let me get this straight. Alex, the groundskeeper, who is Zig's love interest, sort of. But he's the groundskeeper, but his uncle owns the school? What happened to nepotism? (laughs) Does it not matter for anything in Greece? And why does the owner of the school or of the building have to sneak onto the grounds in like a clown outfit? Yes, it is I, Count Hawk. We go through this every year. Well, he said, because I think he wants to just like, he wants to observe people without being noticed. Yes, I've been watching you, young lady. Uh-oh. And I like what I see. This girl has values. <laughs> Slightly twisted, perhaps, but values nonetheless. My nephew Alex says that you're good people, so I've decided to renew your lease. All right. 100 years. <laughs> So then you get your final shot and you get that, that perfect wrap-up voiceover. So you're like royalty or something, right? Yeah, but it's okay because we're poor. <laughs> Thank God. You're going to stay. Coming back. You're not going to leave. <laughs> these, of course, are the infamous final credits. I don't know what the heck half these people do. And they all live happily ever after. More or less. Oh. Yes, Shirley, we can eat now. What? Can I go back? This What this movie is about is that Shirley the goat is starving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this actually didn't take place. This is him telling his goats a story for an hour and a half. Well, it may have taken place because Alex gave him all this information and he observed it by wearing a weird costume, but he's telling his goats about it, which also means this is narrated by a crazy person. (laughs) 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 Who talks to goats? I mean, I don't know. I talk to the dog a lot. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's, you know... Yeah, they then bust in and they give him presents and he's like, Hoo, uh, hooray! But like, he has a birthday party with oh, him no, and that, the, the best part of that too is when they do when they do come in and give him presents because they see him in there with the cake and the goats and they, they see him through the window and they back away and then they come back with like a ton of gifts and he's still been sitting there with the cake and the goats, I guess, the whole time. But the cheers that they give when he like... Because I, I have this. Because it's it's like they took just children cheering, and we're supposed to believe that is that that's the preens and the subs all cheering oh, nice. for happy birthday. Okay. And there lies the happy ending. Uh, oh well, everybody, gather round, gather round. I'm ready now. Oh, oh, isn't it a lovely cake? Oh, 
Oh my god. <laughs> those yeah. Are, those yeah. are li- <laughs> like a, they brought in a kindergarten class. Boys to come and girls. In. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. It's always been just the goats. Oh man. That's so great. That's great. That's a perfect segue into things we love and things we hated. That's right. We're going to talk about the things we love and the things we hated about Pretty Smart. Mark, let's start with you. What what did you love about Pretty Smart? Uh, I think I already brought it up. Like when the when the tours kept interrupting, like the class, yeah. the lunch, yeah. the party. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, it maybe it's because they didn't go over the top like Transylvania Six Five Thousand. They did. It was short. It was to the point. They didn't wink too hard, and it was like they were out. I thought. They could have done that five more times yeah, and would have laughed I, yeah. every time. Yeah, those things, I, they couldn't show up enough. I, I always enjoyed them. Erica, what is something you loved? Oh my gosh, I also love that. I'm so glad that you called that out. I loved just like all the little random bits too that were peppered in. Like when they when the sisters first arrive at the school, the taxi drivers get in a fight, like a fist fight right. behind, in the yeah, background. Yeah, in the background, yeah. And one like knocks the other one out with a punch. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. just thought, oh my God, that's... How funny, like just having the, all, all the, it, well, it sets the tone that that's going to happen all the yeah. time and it doesn't, but when it does happen, I just giggled every single time. They do sometimes have weird stuff going on in the background. Not always, but they yeah. do a little bit, they pepper a little bit of that in there. Which At is, the tennis match where they have American food, it's just like chicken wings and like yeah, grilled like, cheese. Oh, American and... food. <laughs> but then they eat all of it. Yeah, it's all gone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I loved that whole bringing in the giant cake, having the two like beef cakes with their speedos on, bring mm-hmm. in the cake, and then just all which, those which, little. When I rewatched it, I noticed that like there's a scene between Ziggs and Jen at the beach. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. where she comes out and she's like, "Oh, I talked to mom and dad. You can go home." And it's like I, I was and rewatch. I was like, "Why is this at the beach?" I rewound it a little bit and be like, "What? What happened?" But then I realized when the scene starts, Ziggs is talking to those bodybuilder guys. Mm-hmm. They come in and she's like, okay, you guys understand? Okay, great. So actually they were setting that up that yeah. she was out there at the beach just to get those bodybuilder dudes. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, well Look done. at this. Look at this. Look at you. Well Set done. up and pay off. Love that. I just, all those little kind of funny moments of comedy really, really, uh, I really liked. Yeah, I uh, agree. I think as New World comedies go, particularly the ones we've seen so far, this has far more going for it than some of the others. Mm -hmm. Erica, Mm -hmm. try to contain yourself here. (laughs) Um, Even if this does play a little bit like someone's first directorial effort, hashtag clunkily, uh, (laughs) I still felt like this has a lot more going on than I, I enjoyed. Obviously, we all love the tour guide bit. I just really also love Kimberly B. Delphin as Yuko. I God, we I'm, get it. You fucking she love was great. Yuko. She's not in here enough, but she was really <sighs> great. She, I hope, I hope that she's in Body Rock a lot more. Uh, but whenever she shows up, she's a delight. She's very funny in this. She's not given enough to do. There's a lot of characters that don't get enough to do because, frankly, there's so many characters. Mm-hmm. There's oh, so, so many many yeah. characters. And sometimes I felt like the beginning. It was like. Were they setting this up to be like like a backdoor pilot or something where they were going to do like a, you know, the, the school, the the way school in Greece? Um, but yeah, because there's so many characters and there's so much going on. You're like some of the, that stuff that they want to keep that scene where she's, you know, somebody's trying to rob the bank and she gets up and starts doing a strip tease and gets, you know, sent to jail. 
keep that scene, maybe lose the scene where they're learning about what proper fork to use. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe right. that don't... was great though, because it made no, that one made no sense. Cause it was like set up as this dance instructor. And they're like, I don't know. He just showed up one day. He must know somebody, but then he was teaching them like table manners. Yeah. Also yeah. it was right. Yeah. 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 Oh, it was Using great. giant props. Yeah. Where did he <laughs> yeah. get those giant forks? Giant spoon? red props. <laughs> um, all right. Let's go to things we hated. Uh, unless you guys have anything else. You don't. Let's go to things we hated. Mark, what's something you hated? The, oh, I, the only thing I really hated about it, uh, because, again, this movie, I was so confused and I didn't know. I really struggled with. Hold on. I'm going to back this up. That was way too clunkily. Let me start again. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first movie that we've talked about that I can't tell if I loved or hated this movie. Like, I I was completely confused. Um, But one of the things I hated was I recognized that I have bleach blonde, curly metal hair, girl blindness. Like I couldn't tell which one was which. No, I'm with you. Like they all look the same to me. And so like they would cut Mm -hmm. to a scene. Uh, Granted, what you said was right, Ryan. There are way too many characters in this. But then you have five or six of them with basically the same hair. And I'm yep. like, I don't know which one is which. What yep. is happening right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that uh, made me recognize a weakness in myself and not really <laughs> recognizing the subtleties <laughs> of facial features. And uh, it's yeah. something that I have to learn to- If they were lined up with. topless, could you pick them out? <laughs> yes. But I See, didn't have that's that That's why your vision's so. 2020. I just was looking or at... I was having a hard time. D. I don't know. Our vision's measured. I was having the same problem where I was having a hard time differentiating. But then, you know, as you guys know, I have my boobs in a lot of pies. So, oh, God. Mm, well. You would fit right into this film. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I don't know. It's like Ryan's take on this movie. <laughs> Ryan's pie thing. Yeah, I Ryan's hated that. Pie and the, um, yeah, I, I don't. It's like is there somebody where I'm just getting face blindness as I get older? <laughs> I just yeah, can't. I, I just was like, I a lot of these girls look alike. It's, yeah, I it's, couldn't, couldn't. Especially it the the preens. The preens. That's they I was all, they all just look mm-hmm. the identical. Yeah. Um, uh, Erica, was something you hated? hated just how kind of confusing the opening was and you really yeah. had while i think it's great love the song love the just <laughs> kind of 80s laser background shapes that played behind it in between like photos and different montages it, it really i had to watch it the second time to be like i don't understand did i miss something did i no it's yeah it it's, was very confusing so i think confusing. honestly that's the only thing i hated was just that that setup could have easily been much clearer yeah, by yeah. literally having the parents say, you two messed up. We're sending you to, you know, this private school in Greece. That's it. And then show the Greece postcard. I mean, it just needed like mm-hmm. two more right. lines of dialogue yep. to yep. make it very clear. And, and when you have that dialogue is 80 yard, it's like, guys, you can fix this. It's not as if we yeah. ever see the parents' faces. Right. We just hear this. Like, you could fix this easily. Yeah. You know, the first 15 minutes of the movie are 80 yard. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. But it's like, you could have figured this out. Again, you have also yeah. have a narrator. You have lots right. of ways to not make this so hashtag yeah. clunkily. 
Yep. But yep. I can only think that they just had their feet in a lot of pies. And oh, they were too, my just God. too busy. I also hate this feet in the pies thing. <laughs> the charm is worn off. It's, Did it's it off. ever have charm it's gone. to begin with? No. It didn't. It's it, gone. I, it didn't. Woo. All right. Well, I agree. Uh, I didn't like the narrator. I hated uh, Professor Raji. When yes. it comes to... I oh, hated it. But the narrator, like, if you're... I found it oddly amusing at first, but it's like... But then he disappears, like... If you're gonna have narration, narration, use it. Yeah. You mm-hmm. eventually explain what it is, but use it. Mm-hmm. Like they just go away from it, and it's like makes it pointless. But that's kind of all I. I there wasn't yeah. a ton that I didn't like. You know, to be mm-hmm. honest. So that brings us to our favorite scene. Mark, what's your favorite scene? Favorite scene is, uh, and it, just bear with me here, is the scene when uh, Crawley gets all his business associates to come into his office to watch <laughs> the videos of the women uh-huh. having sex and being naked. It's such an uncomfortable scene. And it's what, it, I, as I was watching it, you know, you got the one guy that's sort of fanning himself like, ooh, I'm getting hot over here. And I was <laughs> thinking like, if I were the director and I could reshoot this scene, what would I do differently? And really nothing because it's so weird. The answer is nothing. It's perfect. (laughs) Weird and uncomfortable. And then at the end when it all goes wrong, his German associate gives him the card and is like, here's my card. If you have more of these videos, let me know. And I'm like, of course. Like the one, there's one that's got a fetish that was like, and you it hit has the to nail be the German the guy. It has yeah. to be the German. Yeah. That you was hit a... the nail on the head right yeah. there. Now yeah. that's a guy who knows the terrain. Yeah. That is a guy who knows <laughs> yeah. the European terrain. And if there's going to be I a thought, weirdo I fetish guy, was, it's the I, German guy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. And of course, Crawley doesn't respond because he's always Again, serious all the time. I cannot. That looks like it might be comedy and I will not touch it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm in a drama. I'm a dramatic actor. <laughs> I'm going to use this to propel me into some Shakespearean roles. Yeah, I did Shakespeare in the park. I'm clearly a very serious actor. Erica, what was your favorite scene? God, it's it's hard for me to pick a favorite, to be honest. I really, really liked uh, the birthday party scene where they all do break out into that super awkward, simple dance. It's just so... Oh, God, it's so great. Oh, it's so great. And the dance is so dumb. And there's absolutely no reason that that would be like the unifying oh the song no. oh all right like no it's, absolutely not yeah. and it, again it's not a but classic motown it. song yeah. it's not a song that you recognize at all no it was no. specifically written for this movie and it doesn't even have a motown vibe mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter i love that i also <laughs> really i'm gonna sound like such a creeper but i love the teacher handing out the essays and then sunbathing topless with the students because i just was like well i did not i didn't see that coming yeah like, that's for sure like i really yeah. i did not see that coming so not, not only just... that but she's still dishing out lessons because yeah. they learned like oh that's how you don't burn your nipples yeah cover the and nips it's like oh yeah. we're all learning stuff yeah i i just thought that those those were my two favorites <laughs> we're learning however inappropriately we're learning <laughs> hashtag right. clunkily my favorite scene is when uh ziggs and zero sneak out to go get ziggs's stuff and this is when they're eventually going to fall oh, they're yeah. going to come upon all the videos and stuff and then like zero is wasted that wearing that um wasted youth t-shirt mm-hmm. which says <laughs> yeah. feel the negative vibrations by the way the reason is is because um Arquette, she was in a relationship with the singer of the band, of oh, Wasted really? Youth, which is huh. an L.A. punk band. 
Yeah. And they actually have a son together like a year after this is made. Hmm. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So huh. that that's where that shirt comes from. Because I almost was like, man, should that be our t-shirt? Because I love the feel the negative vibrations. But then that is a shirt for <laughs> wasted use. So I'm like, right. well, that probably we can't. It already exists. It exists. <laughs> Done. Uh, but I, that's when they come out of the hallway and then Yuko and Torch each come out too. And are like, where are you going? And they with the music and everything, it's really the most well-executed comedy scene yeah, of the true. whole thing. Just like the building of like, you know, mm -hmm. and, and like um, Yuko comes out just in total mismatch jammies and just like, yeah. they're just constantly, you know, they keep like going down the hallway. Which you loved because you're Team out. Yuko. I'm Team Yuko all the way. Then they go down the hallway. Somebody comes out. They're like, shh, shh keep quiet. I just I thought that scene was just, you know, there's a lot of great scenes in this. I just picked that one out because it was, I think, the most perfectly executed comedic mm. scene. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's get into our final questions. These are the final questions for Pretty Smart. When the sisters first arrive, we never talked about this. When they see the sign under the name of the school, someone is spray painted, reality ends here. Would you see that as a good omen or a bad omen? <laughs> I would just wonder what that person is using to try and get that paint off the wall. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've always wondered, like, when people do that, what, what chemicals are they using? Yeah, because it's in like it's not like glass; it's like a stucco kind of. Well, it, presumably know, it's, it's a cement, like limestone yeah. or something like that. I mean, that's very yeah. porous. Yeah, so, so I don't know how you. What are you going to get out of How successful they were. Paint thinner. You're supposed to cr crunch the numbers on this. Is your territory, Mark? <laughs> I just. I'll get back to you, and one of the bonus got, episodes we'll get back yeah. on this one. I got my uh, feet in too many pies to answer no. this one. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. It's starting to get funny again, no. though. The more I keep doing it. Um, Erica, was it, is it a good omen or a bad omen? Um, well, I think it depends on which side of the, you know, which side of the school you're on. If you're on the preens if or if you're on the, the others. Because I think for them, they're like, it is like their fantasy land and they feel like they run it all. So it's probably like a good message for them. But then... I think for Zero and Ziggs and their crew, it's like... But you said the others. Do you mean, by the others, do you mean the ancient ghosts that also live in this old house? That think that the alive people are the ghosts? No. Or am I mixing movies? You're mixing movies. <laughs> mixing movies. Okay. Oh, damn it. That I, just realized what that, I just realized what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Damn it, Ryan. So... <laughs> You've got a now comedy. I gotta, now I just thought about the others. What a piece of shit that was. Oh, God damn no. It. Wow. Oh, comedy, no. drama. So mad. Horror. Horror. Ugh. Suspense, mystery, Ugh. drug movie. <laughs> Crime The film. others marketed itself like it was going to be so scary. And it wasn't. <sighs> Go on. Next. Yeah. Next question. You, you, next I question. think Erica is trying to say is the others had its feet in too no, many No, I'm pies. not trying to say that. That might have actually been scary, but it wasn't. <sighs> okay, um, this is a uh, this is a uh, a question. I think is this is a this, you think this is a question? <laughs> this, is, this is a question. No, I think this is a question. Does it have guys. a question mark? Guys, yeah, yeah I've that's come a up good with a question. Sign. This is a question, <laughs> and it's really great that I came up with this during a section called Final Questions. It's really critical. timely. Um, <laughs> when Headmaster Crawley records his students being naked. Do you think he records it at EP speed or SP speed? <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Oh god. Because <laughs> oh, I mean you can get a lot more on the tape depending on how you record it. Yeah. I think it probably depends on which room. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh god. If there's more action happening in a room, you maybe want to yeah. do EP because otherwise think, you're going to have to yeah. keep taking tapes in and out. You know? Yeah, the 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 uh, the slow pillow fight and the on top of the bed boxing match—that's SP material. You just <laughs> you just let that roll. You, you let just, that yeah, roll. You're fine. Too innocent. Yeah. Too innocent. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, was that a diaphragm that girl was lubing up or a digestive cracker? <laughs> Uh, it was supposedly a condom from what Mm -hmm. it looked like but it did look like a digestive it looked like like, a (laughs) giant digestive i was like ooh, someone having a spot of tea god i was like why is she putting lube on a water cracker yeah like what yeah what What kind of kink are they into is this like a clear jelly you're gonna put on that digestive like a real light marmalade <laughs> oh yeah, it was weird. Anyway, guys, the penis, friend or foe? <laughs> it's a friend. A penis is fucking wimpy and weak. When is it a foe? Just punch it or flick it. And it's done. Get fight yeah. over. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. It's the worst weapon ever. <laughs> okay, so I actually mentioned this on our Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, guys. Um, and I said, hey, we're going to be recording an episode about P- Pretty Smart. Do you have any questions? And I worded it terribly. Clunkily. Hashtag clunkily. Nice. Um, so a lot of people gave me random answers for other things, <laughs> including other films. And I was like, whoops, my bad. I, uh, but anyway, Dirk from VHS, who was uh, a guest on our The Great Land of Small episode, he said, uh, describe your fashion from the 80s. Oh, love it. I uh, would have been swaddled in baby clothes. <laughs> a lot of onesies. And, Your parents um, put you in, uh, Oh, okay. They swaddled you in baby clothes? They didn't yeah. swaddle you in a swaddle blanket. No, they swaddled me in fucking baby clothes. <laughs> Damn it, Ryan. I was a baby. I was a baby wearing baby clothes. Like, uh, we, have, we have to get clothes for our baby, but we need them very large <sighs> so that we it, can Ryan. then swaddle the baby you inside fucking, the clothes. Your foot is in my pie right now. <laughs> Your foot is ankle deep in my pie. Thank you for using my phrase. Thank you for using the phrase. I really appreciate that. Uh, Mark, what's your fashion I'm not going to answer that because that's not a question. (laughs) What could you describe your fashion from the 1980s? Oh, oh, well, that that isn't how you said that, Ryan. You said it clunkily. Jesus Christ, Alex Trebek. My Lord. He said it clunkily and then jumped on me for saying swaddled in baby clothes. Come on, Marble Mouth. <laughs> well, why am I in charge of running this shit? Uh, this, this is your fault for ever allowing that to happen. Mark, uh, can you describe your fashion for the 1980s? Uh, Thank you for saying 1980. Mark, can you describe your fashion also from the 1880s? <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to hear both. And being fashion forward, the 2080s. <laughs> Well, 1880s is more of a steampunk look. Um, <laughs> you would. Existed. You yeah. would. Tracks. Yeah. Uh, 
I, you know, I vacillated in the 1980s between uh, just general nerd uh, to uh, this sort of wannabe skater look, the wannabe punk rock look, the wannabe goth look, and, you know, various flavors in between. That that pretty mm. much covers it. Which makes you more of a Ziggs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I, being your younger brother, I was also into sort of the same music and was dress, dressing that way. Though I will admit that uh, it made me think of a story where uh, for my birthday, I oddly got this uh, white and neon green striped shirt. And neon was so hot at the time in the 80s. It was a very big thing. Neon or like hyper color, that kind of shit. And I hated neon. And all the popular kids wore it. And I did not. I was wearing like, you know, punk shirts and post-punk bands and stuff like that. So already. uh, And so I decided to wear this shirt as an ironic statement and go to school. And this will show everyone who wears this stuff how silly it is. And I went to school and everyone was like, cool shirt, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And I got more compliments than I ever have. And I was like, no, this is ironic. Backfired. And it completely backfired. Mm. How, a lot, how, I, had, how, I how, really how, stepped in a pie that day, I'll yeah. tell you. Ryan's how, secret rules that no one's aware of backfired <laughs> again. Darn I really it. thought I was making a huge mm. statement. Anyway, um, on to the questions. Which PIL album do you think Alex lets Ziggs listen to? 1987, oh. that would be like the, the generic album. That's... Right about Just the time album. that one came out. Album yeah. is 1986. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because I don't I... think Seattle had come out yet. What? what the album afterwards? is uh, The album afterwards is Happy. Okay, nineteen eighty seven. That had Seattle it was the single on it. Well, they could have been that one. No, I'm going to still say Album was the one that, that they were. Okay. He was trying to get her to listen to. I was like, it, I thought it for sure. It was like, this is what you want. This is what you get. You know? No. Because no. that's this is not a love song, and you know, they'll be like, "Look, I'm not playing you a love song, but I am playing you a love song." You know? No, he was he was absolutely he had already uh, had the tape perfectly queued up to play Rise as soon as she popped it in. <laughs> Rise is what's coming on. Okay, so. okay, Erica, do you have a response to this question? No, <laughs> I don't. You're too. You were too busy being swaddled in baby clothes at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I remember it too. <laughs> okay, um, so we we talked about Count Hawk, and he's the narrator in the end, and he and he and he says, "Okay, you the school is going to be running for the next hundred years again." Uh, he only asks that every year they give him four goats on the same day each year, mm-hmm. and then they keep the school. How long does it take for them to screw that up? <laughs> Well, those students will be gone in presumably two years, maybe one year. So I give it a year or two before that gets screwed up. Yeah. And then that's over. Right. (laughs) Also, they're so excited that the lease has been renewed for 100 years when they're about to graduate. Yeah. They won't be there that long. Like, what do they give a shit? Uh, All right. Well, that's the end of final questions. Let's get into our research, guys. Our research corner. Ryan's research. (laughs) this was released march 1987 but according to information i got from the afi it only ended up playing in eight theaters total i'm gonna say assume that's los angeles 
Oh, wow. Because I heard from somebody on Twitter today who said they saw it uh, actually in a theater in Idaho. Hmm. So they actually saw it in the movie theater. Oh, wow. Wow. So I have to assume that this is uh, just L.A.-based information. Brian James at Voodoo Hipster. Thank you for sharing that this played in Idaho. By the way, uh, before Pretty Smart, this is what New World's releasing. They released Return to Horror High in January. Mm-hmm. And Death Before Dishonor and Wanted Dead or Alive in February. Then they follow Pretty Smart with Nice Girls Don't Explode in April and Creepshow 2 in May. So that's, that's a good 80, year. That's a good, that's, so a, that's a good couple of releases there. By the I mean, way, I, we, haven't, I haven't seen about half of them, but I mean, it sounds right. like they're good. I've seen, I've definitely seen Pretty Smart. Pretty sure. Definitely seen Wanted Dead or Alive, but yeah, some and Creepshow too. Creepshow yeah. too. Uh, when we talked to Tony Randall, uh, he, who receives a very special thanks in the end credits for this, uh, he mentioned this that this film and Soul Man tested on the same night in different cities, and Pretty Smart killed it in his in his words. Mm-hmm. And while Soul Man did not, but Randall explained, New World was not going to get behind a teen sex comedy. Because they were only aspiring to make mainstream movies. Um, they did shoot this in Greece, obviously, to take advantage of the low production costs and high production values, which I think that does accomplish, uh, that, that shooting in Greece offered. But according to Patricia Arquette, it was not an easy, easy shoot. In fact, she told Backstage in 2020 that uh, her first movie was pretty smart, where she got her SAG card. That was the first movie I did, she said, and it was a really hard job. It was very weird. We were all doing our own wardrobe, and one of the producer's girlfriends was on coke and ended up punching the other producer, and her nail went through this lady's cheek. It was insane. The whole job was insane. It was after Chernobyl, and there really weren't any vegetables. I was a vegetarian. They brought us some lunch in plastic containers, and mine was not only meat, but it had fur on it. I broke open the bread, and there were maggots in it. I I was like, oh, my God. Welcome to Hollywood. I almost gave up then. There was also this feeling that there was a dangerous, lascivious aspect that was very close. I just didn't want anything to do with it. So yeah, that was an adventure. Mm. Huh. Interesting. I wonder. I wonder wow. what kind of fur. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ugh, that's horrible. Was there like? Was it like because it had turned, or was it like? Or, or was, was she it, making a oh, joke that it was like so alive that it's still? Or, yeah, or, or, or did was they... it just poorly skinned and it yeah. still had some fur yeah. on it? I don't know. Huh. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so, what did she end up having for lunch? Did they, <laughs> that did they... I did. They didn't get any. See, these didn't... are the kind of follow up yeah. questions we Come would be on, asking. Journalists. Come on, journalists. God. Do your God. jobs. Now, I found something very interesting researching this movie, and I'm so I hope you find this interesting. I sure did. I'm sure all you New World Pictures hawks out there saw the name Balcor Film Investors along with mm-hmm. New World Pictures, in the opening credits. So we're going to yep. find out who Balcor is. So look, by 1984, the new New World, having purchased this from Roger Corman, were starting to kick off their own slate of films with Angel and Children of the Corn. And they were starting to look for new ways of raising capital for new films, and they did what Roger Corman never wanted to do, and that is to take the company public. Mm. So New World approached Balcor Entertainment Company in late 1984 to see if they could help them raise some money. Balcor agreed. So they partner on Balcor Film Investors, which is formed to fund the development, production, acquisition, and distribution of movies in a joint venture with New World. In particular, the movies Balcor made with New World are 
1985's The Annihilators. Hmm. Transylvania 6 5000. Mm. Making Contact. Mm. 1986's Star Crystal. Mm. Jake Speed. Vamp. Huh. Reform School Girls. And Wanted Dead or Alive. 1987's Death Before Dishonor. Return to Horror High. And lastly, Pretty Smart. Wow. So, early in 1985, Balcor commenced public solicitation of partnership interests in the hope of raising $50 million in capital. They offered 50,000 uh, subscriptions at $100,000 apiece, uh, I think at a three, three, uh, three minimum. So you'd have to do at least three. Mm-hmm. This failed. By October of 1985, they had uh, only raised uh, $32 million. And they decided to amend the terms so they didn't have to reach the 50 million minimum. Right. So all subscribers were offered a refund, but they could resubscribe under the new terms. This time, they set the minimum at 35 million, at which point all the money would go to Balcor Film Investment Partnership. This time, they succeeded. They raised $48 million by December of 1985. And this was great news for New World, as the films they had released in early 1985 were all flops. Tough Turf, Avenging Angel, The Highest Honor, supposedly The Annihilators, but I'm always like been curious because it always just says January 1985. And considering how Balcor was trying to help them raise money, I'm always been dubious about that being what the release date is. I don't know. Maybe there's something I'm just not getting, but I, I who knows? But anyway, also Lust in the Dust, C- Certain Fury. Mm. <laughs> Should have been a hit. Defcon 4. These are the examples of the stuff they were releasing in the first three months Mm -hmm. of 1985. So they were desperate to get this new cash infusion so they could pay off their debts. Still, for the first two years, investors were happy. They received the tax benefits for which they had hoped. But New World's films continued to flop. In May of 1987, uh, uh, Balcor sent the investors a report that... BFI had produced all of its films, but it had a projected net loss of over $14 million. Oh. By the summer of 1988, BFI told its partners that they were likely to lose some of their capital. And basically saying, you're probably not going to make your money back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when investors started to file class action lawsuits. Um, what investors didn't know is that New World made low-budget films that didn't make much money at the box office. And instead, they made their money on home video sales and rentals. And they weren't told that, nor were they told that only 22.5% of the royalties from home videos would go to investors and New World kept the rest. Mm. At the same time, New World was working with a firm called World Vision, which, which they would then sell their movies to World Vision and World Vision would put them on television. However... World Vision were refusing to buy their movies anymore because they told they felt New World's films were too lousy to show on television. <laughs> wow. Or because New World then sues them and then they countersued, New, uh, World Vision put in their countersuit. The New World defendants uh, have delivered cassettes of their first group of theatrical motion pictures to World Vision pursuant to the theatrical motion picture agreement. With minor exceptions, 
the motion pictures delivered by New World Defendants are not suitable for exhibition over U.S. free television networks and stations, do not meet U.S. network standards and quality, contain excessive nudity, gratuitous violence, and obscene language to such an overwhelming extent that they are completely <laughs> unacceptable for U.S. free television exhibition. But is wow. exactly why you do a podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, oh. In December of 1985, New World had sued, basically, as I said, they had sued New uh, World Vision for the breach of contract. They countersued. Who didn't know this? The investors. At least not initially. So a Form 8K was sent to investors in February 1986 that mentioned that this was happening and it might have a negative effect uh, impact on the investment. Also, it could limit New World's ability to borrow money as their contract with World Vision was basically about 40 to 50% of New World's collateral. Hmm. So hmm. they were basing all of their yeah. money mm -hmm. on the fact that, well, we sell these movies right to television. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But television was saying, your movies suck. We don't want them. <laughs> so... Just to be clear, this is the state of New World after buying buying New World from Roger Corman in 1983. So we're in 1987. Now, by 1988, the Balcor investors were suing because they felt that they had been fraudulently dealt with. Mm. And Pretty Smart is basically the end and the last of the Balcor line. Mm. Mm. Now, obviously, New World still has a few years left. This didn't sink them. But the point is, they are going down fast already. They're right. going too fast. Right. And this is a big piece of why. Um, New World would not go on to work with the other production company on Pretty Smart, which was First American Film Capital, who I assume is a company that was put together by people that the director, Dimitri Logothetis, knew. Because the only other film on IMDb that, that lists for them is Slaughterhouse Rock which is his next movie. So right, right. I have to assume that this was a group of people that he got together that wanted a piece of these two movies. Mm -hmm. So that is the research. I found all that very wow. fascinating. So it is. it's yeah. just how they were doing business and conducting business is insane to me. Mm -hmm. So I just found all that interesting. So I want to end with this. As we have mentioned in previous episodes, um, I don't like to say that a movie slaps. And instead on this podcast... We like to ask, does this movie queef? So, Hell Mark, does this, Erica, does this movie queef? Hell yeah. Mark, does it, it queef? It is chock full of queefs. Yeah. And this is the third queef over here. Woo! I think this movie queefs. <laughs> Three queefs. And just to be clear, on this podcast, we find that to be a positive mm -hmm. thing. We are, yes, we are queef positive. <laughs> we are queef positive on this podcast. We mean that it is a surprise. It's something you didn't expect, and it was yet somewhat pleasurable, <laughs> right? But your but your mileage. Is my explanation, hurt. right? You never jump in with an explanation, <laughs> so I'm doing my best. Here. It was a clunkily, a clunkily <laughs> hashtag clunkily. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, so it queefs. That's our episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We that was 1987's Pretty Smart. We hope you liked it. Give us a five-star review if you can and have the time and enjoyed this. Otherwise, we will see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody.